This is a podcast about failure. With me, Lola Berry, author, nutritionist, and yoga teacher. Join me as we get to know these guests and learn about how their failures have ultimately shaped their dreams. Welcome to Fearlessly Failing with Lola Berry. It's season six. We are here. It it feels surreal to say season six, but how exciting. And we are kicking it off episode one with the incredible Al Ferguson. She is a fashionista. She's a massive influencer, ginormous Instagram following. She's an entrepreneur. She's got her own Alifect tanning company, which I have tried and loved. It smells like roses. I was really excited to get her on the pod, but I was also a bit tentative because we'd only met a couple of times. And I was like, oh, you know, is she going to open up? And she totally did. She, it was kind of like two girls having a chat. And that's what I'm really pumped about because it felt very honest, open and a really nice way to connect while we're still kind of in some kind of a lockdown. Um, This was recorded via Zoom. She obviously is a um, Sydney Bondi girl and we're here in talks. Uh, Al opened up about going to the Kardashian, literally Kim Kardashian's house. I was like, holy mackerel. She got to see Kanye. Chris Jenner apparently walked straight up to her and was like, oh, you're wearing Yeezys. I cannot wait for you to hear this story. So exciting. This girl is a go-getter and she really goes after her dreams. So super inspiring and what a great way to kick off season six. Welcome to the pod, Al Ferguson. You are a digital influencer, an entrepreneur. You are the founder and creative director of my new favorite tanning product, the Al Effect, which smells effing delicious. I cannot wait to talk more about it, but welcome. Yay. And just a girl, small girl from the coast. That's like the, un- that's the line under that. <laughs> and I love, but I love that. Um, first of all, before, when I started researching you, I was like, did we first meet at the Business Chicks Talk? Yes. Yes, we did. We did. Yeah. Right. But then I deep dived you, my friend, because I'm a Virgo and I get a bit. And I realised that I did a segment, although we never met. Oh, no, on Star Squad. (laughs) I just did come. You made the balls. These balls, it's just come back to me. Literally, I think you were wearing Spell. Like, I think it's coming back to me right now. And I was like, this girl's like really cool. I should probably make some recipes when she's doing it. Yes, but then it was, I think it was Business Chicks where I actually, we were on the panel and I kind of got to hear, I always think it's really nice when you get to hear somebody's story firsthand, which is amazing to be doing this podcast because I think when you hear it in their own words and from them, it's, it's quite amazing. And I remember hearing you speak and kind of being, I don't know, just like energized because you were telling it so real. And I was like, I like this. This is cool. And then sitting in between us was the young girl that had pretty much trekked to Antarctica yes. at the age of 13 that really <laughs> shut down anything I was doing. But yeah, <laughs> I remember having the same feelings about you. Uh, and we got to have lunch together after. Oh, Do you yeah, remember? We were yeah. sitting opposite each other, and so it was kind of like a little like love fest. We were, yeah. yeah. So I, since then, I've already been like fangirl and you all the time, which you know because I DM you, and I'm like, I want to get you on the pod. <laughs> well, I think I was like, can I come on the pod? I've listened to Max Mays. Can I please come? I'm, uh, I'm so glad that you and I have mutual love for Max May, wonderful hair and makeup artist, but also just like That's I always say, he's human. just like an artist in general he's good for the soul he's literally one of those people I feel like I now have to do my declaration to Max May because he did mine to me on his pod I just think there are people that come into your life um and stick around you know what I mean and they're there for you and a lot of the times they don't need to be and he's somebody that's always waved my flag and we're going to talk about the L effect but he was one of the people right back at the beginning that was like go for it I am here for you and you know he's such a genius and such 
a voice of approval that when he kind of loved it and backed me, I was like, shit, man, let's go for it. <laughs> yeah. And he's no, he's no frills too. Like he'll tell oh, you. God, no. Oh, God, it's no. <laughs> he'll tell you it's so straight. But, you know, the first time that I professionally worked with him, his phone was a photo of you, the back, the, oh, the yeah. wallpaper of his phone. I was like, oh, my goodness, this is love. This is real love. It's real love when you've got to look at my face as your screensaver. <laughs> no, he's a, he's a very, he does tell it as it is. You know what? He was the guy that about 10 years ago said to me, you need to start Pilates. And I was like, why? <laughs> and he was like, it lengthens and leans you. And I was like, you know what? If you were saying to do Pilates, and I literally started after he said it. So he's, he's, he's very good. And I've been stalking your Insta. You do uh, you do two workouts a day, dude. Yeah, I've just hit five and a half months of two workouts, six days a week. Yeah. Wow. Way to make, I was like looking at it going, oh, I thought I was doing good doing my daily yogs, but I'm like, yes, I've got to ramp are. it up. <laughs> no, no, no. You know what? I think everybody's doing their best. Do you know what I mean? But I, yeah. I do have to say that I think I'm a very goal-driven person. Yeah. And at the beginning of COVID, the first two weeks, I went into a really kind of just not a good headspace and I needed to get myself out of that headspace. And I think exercise and endorphins, always, they play such a big part of that. And I just set some goals for myself. And to be honest with you, I didn't think I'd make it, you know, a week, but now I'm five and a half months, you know, into it. And I'm a different person. And I know that sounds so silly, but it's just like, it's been such an amazing journey and the amount of women and men that have come on the journey with me and are feeling inspired or, you know, like I get some people that are like, not again, not another, you've just run. But then for every one of those, there's a one that's like, you know what, I saw yours, I've gone for a walk or I've, you totally. know, like got a skipping rope in the lounge room. And totally. I, I also just think I've kept it really real, which has been really nice because it's just like, you know what, today I didn't make the goal, but I still tried to do it. Yeah, and that's what I actually what I love most about you is you say it how it is. We were just saying that about Max, but you are very straight down the line and unapologetically yourself, and I love that. Thank you. Uh, the bit that I loved researching you was though, like um, I went way back. Um, you went to a performing <laughs> arts school and can't dance you tell? performing arts. I'm <laughs> like, really. <laughs> No, yeah. but and what I loved is you've always kind of had this creative flair and is it true you travelled like five hours to get to yes. and from school? Yeah, so I went to Newtown High School of the Performing Arts, which is a, um, it is, oh my goodness, it's not a privately owned school, mm. which was amazing. It was a public school and and the principal, I, laid, I later learnt she fought so hard for that school to be you know, just for anybody, it was publicly mm. fine. And now that I'm older and realize how important that was, and I realize the battle that she would have had to have got funding and had the support, I feel even more special that I went there. But I was lucky enough, um, I lived two and a half hours away from the school. Yeah. And uh, when I was at primary school, I just never fit in any box. Like I was always dancing or singing or running yeah. across the, you know, playground. <laughs> and a teacher said, there's a school in Sydney you can audition for. And I was like, oh, goodness, you know, like this little girl from the coast, you know, like, no. But my mom was like, let's just do the audition. I'd never had any technical training or anything like that. Mm. I went and did the the audition. I got the call back and then I got the acceptance letter. And, and it really, I think for me, and I always say this to people when they come talk, like the performing arts just brings so much out in you. You know what I mean? Like from a yeah. young age, you just don't have any boundaries and you let yourself go. And, you know, I commuted I, I now as a, like an adult and a professional, I think looking back on that and the dedication to, you know, get up at 5am every morning and get on the two trains and a bus and a walk, I think it instilled in me you know, like you got to work for it. Like yeah. it, it doesn't come easy. And I, I, I think I had a, somebody ask me a few months ago, like, why didn't you get off the stop? Like, why didn't you get off the train the next stop and like go, like you didn't have to go all the, you know what I mean? Like you, mm. nobody's like forcing you to do it. And I was like, yeah, but it's like me, you know, I'm, I'm your big, yourself is your biggest critic. Like I was like, I'm going to that school because I need to like prove to myself that I can do this and the opportunity. And I, yeah, I travelled and I, I did Newtown. And I couldn't have done it without my mom and my sister travelled with me as well. But it was, um, I really do think it has shaped the person I am today. 
And do you find something, I study acting full-time at the moment as well, do you find with the performing arts it teaches you a discipline because they're all about do the work, do the work, right? So you were getting that as a kid, man, like how cool. But I also do feel, I feel like I probably was like the worst student with the rules. Like I got the rules and I did the rules, but I would also be that they'd be like, you know, Elle, you play the pretty blonde. And I'd be like, no, hell no. I'm going to play like the ugliest part that I possibly can because I want to prove you wrong. Do you know what I mean? I also just think you could be, you know, you could be you. And, And I think, you know, where we are now is we're all trying to fit into certain boxes or certain categories. And I, I think when I was growing up, that school allowed me to be authentically me and not be judged but applauded for being that version and I think I've carried that through my life which is really nice and hearing about your studies after school studying with visual is it visual merchandising and then you went into interior design you were like I never fit the mold like (laughs) ever like weren't you saying like you would always wear different colors and people would be in black I literally never fit in like I'm telling you I never fit in I remember rocking up to like my first class for visual merchandising and like rocking (laughs) <laughs> to all of these people like really chicly dressed and I had a Kangol like golfer hat on because they were in and they were cool I think Paris Hilton was wearing one at the time you know like and I did that but but the thing was is that I never I mean now reflecting like I could have all of this crazy stuff going on with my outfits or my hair or stuff but I was so committed to delivering 110 percent to the course that you kind of couldn't fault me. You could have a go at me for rocking up and doing, you know, my assignments out of the Lancome cosmetic station, but I I delivered what you asked for. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So my toolbox was a a makeup box and they were like, why aren't you carrying a toolbox? And I was like, I don't want a toolbox. My mom bought me a cosmetic box. That's how I'm carrying my tools. But I still got the job done. Do you know what I mean? And interior design was so hard because there's so many rules and everything is, is, deemed by you know like certain rules like you can't build certain things there's like Mm. shade that you can't shadow like it was so rule-based that you know it 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 really kind of taught me to use that other side of my head because I was so creative and so out of the box that almost that course made me get back in the box a little bit which was good because it's Ah. good to have balance and so was it the end of the year kind of like, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but like when you kind of do that end of year show where someone yes. from One Teaspoon was yes. like, hey. Yes. So I, um, it's so funny when you think back to things, isn't it? You kind of have that moment and you remember that person that you were. Um, I, I had my end of year exhibition where you did your final works and everybody's were on, um, you know, on display for industry types mm-hmm. to walk around and have a look. And then on the night where we opened the exhibition, I actually won most promising student, which was hilarious because again, I never wore black. I had acrylic <laughs> fingernails. I had platinum blonde hair. I used to wear UGG boots. Like it was a whole. Oh, I remember. I remember yeah. Uggies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've all kind of cringed. I think there was a denim skirt that went with those Uggs, but there was a girl that was working for One Teaspoon and she came past and obviously saw something in me and in my presentation and said, do you want to interview for a visual visual merchandising job with One Teaspoon? And I was like, this is so random because previous to studying interior design, I actually studied visual merchandising, but I didn't think it was right for me because I, I had to wear white booties to get into a window and not touch anything. And you had to work after dark so that it was like the magic of when they opened the store up. And she was like, come and interview. And I went to this place called The Pink Factory, which was in Redfern that um, Jamie Blakey, who owns One Teaspoon, had. And I remember walking in there. And these women were in there and they were amazing. Like Jamie was there, there were the designers were there, there was PR there. It was just, I remember calling my mom after doing the interview and saying, like, I'll work for free. I just need to be part of this environment. Like, and now again, like I look back on it and they were these incredible women that were, you know, running these, these startup businesses that had created, you know, these iconic denim shorts and a brand and to be part of that was so amazing and I just like now I'm just so cool that it was women you know like yeah yeah. and it's and I think you had to commute ages as well for that (laughs) right yeah I lied and said I lived that's so bad you should never lie but I lied and said I lived in Bondi because I didn't want to be 
I didn't want to not get the job because I didn't live in Sydney. Do you know what I mean? So mm. I lived in Terrigal and I lied and I said, I live in Bondi, it's all good, you know. And then I used to get up and get on a 5 a.m. train and then I'd finish work at like 6.30 or 7 and commute back home. So I'd get home at like 9 and then go again. And one day we had like a call time of like 5 a.m. And I remember I was on the train at like 3 a.m. in the morning to get there at 5 but I was so dedicated and I so wanted that job. Do you know what I mean? And mm. the travel just kind of was just part of, I never got my license until I was like 20, in my mid twenties. Like I, it just was like what I had to do. And it just didn't really, you know, like now I'm like, oh my goodness, it takes, you know, 30 minutes to get up Bondi road. But before yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was like two, two and a half, three hours. That's fine. It's fine. I think you just, when you want something, you just go for it. And I think, I think I really, really wanted whatever was happening there I wanted to be part of. And, again, it, it taps into that discipline work ethic as well. You're yeah. like, well, I'll do whatever I have to do to yeah. be in this position. Yeah. So it was when you were at General Pants that you started doing, like, the outfit of the day. Did you start putting yeah. up a f- and, and is that where they all hate us begun? So it was actually, funnily enough, and I owe Jamie from One Teaspoon this, she was seeing what I was doing at One Teaspoon and a job had come up at General Pants and she actually put me forward for the job and, you know, I've always tried to carry that on professionally with me now. If I see somebody and I can raise them up, I always try to do it because I would never have gone for that job at General Pants because I didn't think I was good enough, I didn't think I had enough experience, but she saw something and introduced me and said, like, go for this interview, introduce me. I went for the interview. My, I was so scared of going for the interview. I cancelled the interview like three times that the head of merchandising tracked me down in the one teaspoon store in Bondi and I literally did the interview like on the side of the road. Like it was oh, so, wow. such a bizarre experience. Like, And he ended up offering me the job and he actually said to me, I know you commute from the Central Coast. If you take this job, you need to move to Sydney. And I was like, oh, my God, like, oh, God, you know, like, okay, yep, yep, yep. So I signed on with General Pants and I signed a lease in Bondi, but for the first six months I still went back up to Terrigal because I just, and I used to just be like, yeah, I'm going home to Bondi and I'd, like, get on the three-hour train home. Yeah, because I just couldn't. I just couldn't fathom like being down here all by myself and you know what I mean? Like it was very daunting and so I just, you know, but then bit by bit I got more confident and I, you know, like I started um, living down here in the apartment that I was paying for. So, yeah. (laughs) But whilst I was at GP and, you know, like I say it about one teaspoon, but General Pants still is an institution. It's such an amazing Mm. company. It just... Everything that I think I put into work now, I learned at GP just, and, and so many other people I worked with are the same, you know what I mean? We all reflect on those days at GP and it just, just amazing, you know, like it just, it was everything that you thought it was going to be and more. So, but when I was there, we, um, I, I'm so inspired visually that I used to kind of collect all these photos and cover all the walls and then from the walls, it ended up on a website, which was They or Hate Us. And then that kind of, you know, was going and going. And then Instagram popped up mm-hmm. during that cycle. And in that time, I had left General Pants and gone over to Sea Folly. Mm-hmm. And Sea Folly was a global role as their visual merchandiser, which actually got me traveling overseas, which I'd never been overseas. And it's funny once you kind of like, you take that leap, you're just like, yeah, let's go. I remember getting my passport and I was like, let's go. I'm going to Singapore, you know, like, let's do this. But it was at Sea Folly when Instagram started and my sister said to me, you need to get off your BlackBerry, get an Apple phone, get Instagram and start documenting your outfits because Whatever I had done through life, people had always kind of taken note of my outfits and, I, you know, whether it was a thrift store dress that I bought for 50 cents but then I'd sewn in a different way. It had always kind of been part of my journey that my outfits had always been a talking point. So my sister was like, and I owe her for that because I just did, I wouldn't, I'd be still on a Blackberry. I loved my Blackberry. <laughs> but she was like, let's do it. So I started taking these photos in um the foyer of Sea Folly, the poor girl at reception, I'd give her my phone like every day and I'd be like, can you snap a photo? And then on the weekends, my sister would take photos of me in front of a roller door, garage door in our street up the coast. Like it's so funny how it starts like that. But it just started to, it, 
it, I think I got in at the right time. Like I got in right at yeah. the beginning. Yeah. People had really trusted my voice with They All Hate Us and it, mm-hmm. they kind of got to know who I was. So they were they were very familiar with the brand that was Elle Ferguson. And then when Instagram popped up, they were like, oh, my goodness, this is like a behind the scenes. And I think I've always stayed really authentic to that page. I'm very consistent with uploading. And, I mean, I love it. So it just has grown and grown and grown. <laughs> I heard an interview with you where you said you respond to every single DM and I was like, whoa. That was Jen Atkin. Jen Atkin, about five years ago, I met her and she said, I always reply to my messages. And I was like, if you've got time to reply, I've got time to reply. So yeah, I always do. And it's funny. I had a girl come up to me the other way and she was like, my sister told me that you helped her find her formal dress. And I was like, who is her sister? And she was like, you know, like, Becky 717. I was like, oh yeah, I sent her some links. Like, you oh, know, wow. Like, yeah, please. Like now I'm going to get inundated with people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm no, so, but, yeah. I'm so glad you just brought up Jen Atkin. Uh, there's so many fangirl moments I have to ask you about, but yep. I watched this really awesome YouTube tutorial of her doing this like 90s bombshell <laughs> oh, hair on you. Is that the one in the oh. hotel room that I ended up looking like a show dog? Yes. <laughs> Is that the one that you're referring to? <laughs> you did look amazing though, I've got to say. But it was so clear that you two had a friendship and a very real kind of like mateship where is it true that it started off with her sliding into your DMs? Yeah, which that's why I'm like people reply to your messages, reply to your messages. So bizarre, like bizarrely amazing because yeah, she slid in, yeah, like five years ago during summer. She'd come out to Australia. She was just launching the way in Sephora. Um, and she just said, like, hey, babe, like, I love your style. Like, I, let's meet up. And I remember ringing my manager and I was like, oh, my goodness, like, this can't be real. Do you know what I mean? And so I wrote back and I said, like, yes, hello, I'd love to meet you. So I took my manager with me to meet her in her hotel room because I thought I was going to get, like, sold off to the Russian mafia or something. <laughs> or, I'd like, they'd shave my head. or like, you, like, who knows, you know? Like, I'm that girl. I'm, like, always <laughs> on the side of safety. But I went and I met her and I literally walked in the door and she was like, oh, my God, it's Elfax. And I was like, dude, it's Jen Atkin. It's like... <sighs> You know, but it was, it was, yeah. And then we've ended up, yeah, just being really good friends now, like <sighs> really, really good friends. And she's, she's somehow between a friend and a mentor to me. I, I really admire the business that she's created and, you know, the boundaries that she's broken down with, you know, female bosses and self-made and all of that. And then I also respect the relationship that she has with her husband, Mike, and how they, work together and and just I I really admire that relationship that they have and the respect they have for each other and you know whenever I think you know Joel and I have worked 24 hours together and we're like in the middle of Palm Springs and it's like 45 degrees I'm like take a deep breath yeah the same thing we're in it together do you know what I mean so she's an amazing amazing woman yeah I, I, there's so many things I want to lead on from here, but you did just mention Joel. And one of the things that I completely like fangirled over you with big time was the Cosmo bridal shoot. Oh, yes. Dude, was that like a dream gig? Were you just it like, was. pinch me now? You look like a princess. So bizarre. Thank you. You know what's funny about that? Just going back to all the outfits and everything. There were so many beautiful dresses yeah. there, like out of this world. But I had arrived in this white shirt that I'd actually worn on the plane back from LA the day before. And as bad as I am, I'd put it on again to go to the shoot. And I had it on and I was like, oh my gosh, can I put this skirt on with it? And can I just take a, can you guys just take a photo of it? Because I think like, I I just like it. And then when the cover came out, it ended up being that that outfit. Amazing. I was like, oh my gosh. It was like, that was a really nice moment because it ended up being me Halifax yeah Yeah. well it was me like in it and it was just it was really nice to be able to like have this and my sister was there which was beautiful and I shot with Emily Abay who you know I'd shot my first Cosmo cover with which was really amazing but to kind of get it and and it be me in this dirty white shirt that I'd worn was even better (laughs) do you know what I mean like it was just (laughs) oh my goodness and I quickly want to ask because I just love the shots you've done so many incredible campaigns quickly but the Billabong Miami. Yeah. Oh, was that a dream? That was a real dream. That was amazing. I mean, like, 
just getting to Miami was yeah. was a dream. Yeah. <laughs> that was interesting. Um, it was Billabong. Like, I mean, I'm sure you've had, like, the relationship that I've had with Billabong has just been incredible. And to have been, to have kind of ended our collab in Miami with that range and the team around me. And, and it was, it was really surreal. It was, it was, it just, you know what, like, there's so many moments that I've been so blessed to be a part of and, and with people and, and like that, everybody that was part of that collab was so invested and so Mm. supportive that it was so amazing, you know, and we all like, it just, yeah, it was, I just remember when we finished shooting in Miami and they were like, let's go, we'll go have like a celebratory, like amazing dinner. I was like, dude, we're going to get burgers. Like, and we all went and got these like really greasy burgers in the middle of Miami. And it was, it was like, it was perfect. Do you know what I mean? And I I think that's what's nice when you get to share the moments with, with the people that have been part of it, you know, all the way. So And that's another thing I love about you. When you travel and you'll be shooting these epic campaigns in New York or LA, you'll shoot these epic campaigns and then you'll eat burgers. I've noticed (laughs) it on you. I love it. I've had to really pull back on the burgers (laughs) over my my latest health gig. I've had to remove all delivery apps from my phone. I'm only eating clean at the moment. I I think I had one too many burgers to celebrate. (laughs) You like a burger. No, you have to. You've got to balance that. It's actually potatoes. I'm going to tell you my issue. It's potatoes. <laughs> I've watched, I've seen you do an interview before and someone's like, what's your dream, you know, your all-time food? And you're like, potatoes. Anyway. No, no, potatoes. And you like reiterated <laughs> it. Three. Was staring at me and she was like, excuse me. I was like, no, 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 potatoes. Potatoes. <laughs> she was like, what? I'm like, potatoes. And Joel, Joel and I have really had to work through my potato obsession because it's not good for me. It's not good for my gut health. So I've had to clear out and stop eating the potato and move to the sweet potato. Oh, I'm delish. Like, no, I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. It's like yeah, there's nothing quite the same as a no, good a old fried potato. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really glad we touched on the potatoes. That so was definitely I. a goal of I'm this sure pod. That's why the people are here, <laughs> to be honest. Okay, I have to ask because I have a, an obsession with Chris Kardashian, who oh, I yes. now know yes. that you have met. Yes, and yes. Can you take me through being invited to Kim Kardashian's <laughs> house? You thought it wasn't real at first. You've I mean, got to take me through this story. It's such a, I think, with the announcement that the show's ending it really came back to me how blessed I was to have that experience um and then even the other week when it was the skins one year anniversary she sent me a barbie doll and and a big gift pack I was like I feel really blessed to be like even in the same sentence of like what happened there because I do think they are incredible like they're Ah. amazing business women they're they're just it and all of it you know and if you don't like them each to their own but to me like wow oh no no there's something so inspiring oh, and yes. empowering and yes no, and just, I'm I'm a fan I'm a fan yeah which I love <laughs> um, no but that that again I I do think you've got to put out to the universe what you want and um, with saying that, like Joel and I were, were watching the show the week before I got the invitation and we were on the lounge and I said to him, oh, my God, like the greatest gift in life would be to like go to a Kardashian house and like hang out with them. And then like to the week, to the date, I got this random PR email saying like, you're invited to the KKW launch. And I was like, oh, I'm not in LA. Like I can't go. I just kind of like, thank you, but no, thank you. And then like a few days later, I got another email going, hey, we're just following up. We haven't got your RSVP. And I was like, is this in LA? And they were like, yes. And then, you know, I kind of just said like, are you guys covering flights? Or, and they were like, no, we're not covering anything other than like the experience to meet like Kim Kardashian. I was like, okay. So then I like, was like, okay. So I looked at flights. I was able to get like a cheap flight which was literally at like the back of the plane, under the plane, like the worst seat possible because it was so last minute. And then I checked my calendar and I had the day free and I said to Joel, like, do you think I should do it? And he was like, well, you could literally go on Monday and like be home by Thursday, like just do it, you know? And I was like, huh, you know, like I was (laughs) like, okay. And then again, like the random thing was is that I'd bought this white dress and then 
decided to cut it in half and put it back together, which then later Chrissy Teigen ended up doing the same thing to the dress, which was just bizarre because the dress is like was such an old dress and it was long. But it's just funny how things like happen. Mm. And then I landed in LA and I still just didn't think it was real. Like I just kind of was like, this is just not happening. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I didn't have an address. So I had a time, but I didn't have an address. And then when I landed and checked in, I got an email saying um, the car will pick you up at seven o'clock. Make sure you've got I- photo ID, including a passport with you. And I was like, oh, Lord. Wow. And then I was like, I really feel like they've mistaken the names and it's Elle McPherson that I've invited. It's not Elle Ferguson. And it's going to be really, <laughs> really awkward when I rock up and I'm like, hey, everybody. They're like, sorry, you're not invited. And then I was kind of like, I wonder if Jen had said something. Like I was like, maybe Jen, but then she was in Paris, so she wasn't there. So I was like, I don't even know anybody. And then I had booked hair and makeup and they had come to the room and they were like, what are you doing tonight? And I was like, I think I'm going to the KKW beauty launch. (laughs) And they were like, what? They were like, there's like 25 people going. Mm. And I was like, I think I'm good. I think I'm one of them. Like, I think I'm, think I'm going. And then I, me being the person that I am, I had then booked a photographer to like take some photos of me. So I had content in case I got thrown out of the party. I still would have some content that I was like in LA. So I shot this stuff and then the car picked me up and the guy guy was like, you know, you're going to, um, you know, Miss Kardashian West, Mrs. Kardashian West house. I was like, maybe I am. And then I just like was sitting in the car, the back of the car. And we went through the first security checkpoint and they were, gave my passport and they were like, yeah, okay. Second security checkpoint, passport, yeah, okay. And then I like walked up to the front of her house and they made me like sign a release form to say if you're filmed for the show. Uh, there were two people in front of me. I remember the door opened and they went left. So I went right. And as I went right, I literally walked into Kim and she was like, hey, how are you? What's happening, Elle? And I was like, this is like out of control. And then it just like unfolded with like me uploading a hundred thousand Insta stories and like going into her bathroom at one point and calling my manager, which was like 3am Australia time going like I'm in the bathroom. And it was just like amazing. It was really, um, it's like, it's like everything you can imagine and more. It was very, very bizarre. Well, I remember this episode because it was the road <laughs> room, right? Was there a whole Yeah, room? and I'm in the background as the world's tallest human. There's just like, and if you go back and watch that episode now, you will see the tall blonde Australian, like, in the back of every photo, like, taking photos of the, like, it was, I, like, photographed her fridge. It was, like, I amazing. was really, like, on it. But out of that, I met so many amazing people that I, like, work with now, which is really cool, which is funny that, like, I fast forward and so many of the girls that were there that night are doing so many amazing things. Uh, like, it's just really nice that kind of, you know, like, Kim had us there and, like, we were all there and, and didn't weren't doing our own thing and now, like, fast forward, like, four years or three years and, like, so many of the girls that were there have, have really, like, just done amazing things. So I think it's really cool. And is it true that, uh, like, I know I go on about Chris because I'm a Chris fan, but Chris no, and Kim both there. straight away were like, Al, like they knew who you were no, as no, if no, they'd no, kind like, of done their research. It was weird because I then later tried to ask the, like, PR because I was like, did you give them, like, did, did they have, like, bio cards on us? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. They were like, no. And, like, Chris and I had, like, this full-blown conversation about Byron Bay and my shoes because I'd bought the first ever Yeezy heels I had tracked down and had a, a personal shopper buy them for me in New York. Like, and then I'd worn them and she was like flipping out. Like I've legit got this, I reckon I've got the video on here, which is just, it was so yeah. surreal. And she was so lovely, Chris. Like oh. she was amazing. And she just, I was like, please adopt me. And then I came yeah. back to Sydney and was like calling myself Kel for a good month. And people were like, <laughs> okay, you went there, you can go. And I'm like, no, no, no. I would fit so well into that family. She just was cool. They just were like, there's something about LA and America where I feel like there's no tall poppy syndrome. And totally. No, like they just lift each other up, you know, and it, like I, I just feel like there's a very good vibe there and, and it was even there that night that everybody was like introduced yeah. to everybody and it just was nice, you know what yeah. I mean? Like Kim took her shoes off at one point and just was like, you're in my house, you know, like yeah. it was a really good 
feeling. And people often say to me, like, you know, like, what was she like? And rah, rah. And I was like, she was absolutely incredible. Oh, like, she I was love amazing. This. And everybody that worked for her was amazing. Like, I had, I, I, I just grew some balls and grabbed everybody that I'd ever seen on the show for a photo. And then when I didn't <laughs> like the photo, I pulled them back into the booth and I was like, let's go again. Is it like, true you asked Kim Kardashian West to have take selfies three times over because you weren't yes. how happy? I looked at the wrong because I looked at the wrong spot. There's a series of photos and I'm like legitimately looking off camera. And then I was like, you know what? This might never happen again. I was like, go for it. Excuse me. Could you not go back in that booth with me? And she was amazing. like, yeah, totally. But they get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I think that's what's quite amazing. And I think we're still kind of cottoning on here is that that's the business. You know what I mean? Like by her going back in three times so I get a good photo is us having this amazing conversation about how incredible she is. And, I mean, I bought a whole lot of KKW Beauty like three days ago because I genuinely love her and I love the product. So it works. And I think that's how I like to run my business is I like to be a good person so that you're buying into the brand because you like the person. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's a connection too. Yeah. Um, just so if anyone wants to see that footage of you, no, no, a fan has put it all on YouTube. No. Yes, I watched the whole thing. I was going to say to you, what, do they have to like Google like episode stop? Yeah, no, seriously, they've literally got your IG, all your IG stories. I'll send you, I'll send you a link. Can you please? Do you know what I'd love if that was secretly me and I'd secretly (laughs) created this YouTube channel? It didn't look like it was yours, but it looked amazing. (laughs) And it's great. It's it's Chris going, oh my God, your shoes, like straight away talking about your shoes. Oh my God, I'm going to have a really productive afternoon this afternoon I'm gonna relive that whole experience that's true the best part was you know what I'm gonna say the best part was Australia was asleep when it happened yes so no I had like no voices in my head I just went for it like instead of me kind of like saying and even even having to go there by myself because I mean you would know normally you bring your manager or you bring you know your partner with you something and they were like no plus ones it's just you kind of going on my own and having no other noise and just do like doing it was really amazing because it just, those situations can be really scary. And I just was like, well, they carry me out because I took too many selfies. At least I got the selfies. <laughs> <You're amazing. laughs> so this brings me to your wonderful products, yes. the L effect, but yes. is it true just before I go into that, that both Jen Atkins and Kim Kardashian have supported supported you yeah yeah they have so amazing yeah yeah it was really incredible when I first launched I sent both of them you know a bottle of myself tanner that I launched with and both of them supported I mean you know Kim posted it all over Instagram and said this is a great tan and Jen the same you know and (sighs) I just think that is really something I feel so strongly about is that we need to be lifting other women and men up you know what I mean like it's not a threat. There's enough pie for everybody. And I think if you can lead by example, like they have, yeah. it's, it's, it's a really nice place to be. Totally. Oh, we've got a massive storm going on here. So if you can hear oh, it, I apologize, but I think bad. we'll be okay with the mic. <laughs> um, so I was Googling Al Effect and you, it's now in Selfridges in, am I saying yeah. that right? In yeah. London. And then yeah. we've got Mecca, of course. Yes. Yes. Pretty massive. Yeah. 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 I'm like, yeah. (laughs) You're like, yes, yes. (laughs) I know because I think of all the, I think of all the back end, but I think, um, yeah, we now, we ship globally from LFX.com, but then it's been really amazing to have these brands like Mecca and Selfridges, um, give us that tick of approval and, and have our product, you know, stocked within their stores, which is, it's quite incredible because I've always been a beauty junkie. I've been somebody that's always always been into beauty from a young age you know I I was I I think I was self-tanning way before I should have been but I was doing it anyway but to be you know locally with Mecca I remember growing up with Mecca and and, you know getting their Christmas catalog in the post and going into store and trying you know the lip venom and and you know like yes don't you (laughs) Kim Bassinger used it that's why we bought it I just I I just remember it being the pinnacle of, of of beauty and and brands and to have my product 
in that store, it, it's such a huge achievement. Like every now and again, I, I walk into the store secretly and just go, go and look at it on the shelf and go, wow. Because <laughs> yeah. so you should, my friend. That's it's It's so exciting. But I do want to know a little bit of the back end because I can only, I saw an interview where you were like, I 100% financially backed myself for this. Yeah. That must yeah. be, must have been scary, exciting, yeah. nerve wracking. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All of the above. Yeah. Look, do you know what? I, my mum was very good with money. She always saved her money. She always taught us about money. You know what I mean? Like you would never spend a dollar if you didn't have a dollar. Like we were, I don't have a credit card. I've never lived on credit, like anything like that. And I think when it came to me deciding to do the L effect, I really got in my head that I would work the, I would work a job as L Ferguson. And then I would put that money in the bank for L effect. And I, I, I just started doing it yeah. probably a good, like, you know, two years before I even went to making something because I knew I wanted to do something. And I also was really aware that I wanted to do it and maybe the person that kind of made the decision, you know what I mean? So at the beginning, I, I, you just also just don't realize how much stuff costs. Like, I'm just going to say that. Like, you you just, you know, like freight, which isn't actually like a physical bottle. Freight is just like the boat or the plane that takes it from one place to the other. Like, it's really scary. And and Mm. you kind of, when it is your own money, you like you 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 kind of lose your breath a little bit when you you know you're paying the paying the invoices but then you've also got to take that leap of faith and and back yourself and believe in yourself and I really both Joel and I say this I don't want to get to a certain age and be like I wish I would have done that you know what I mean I really I really want to give this everything I can so that I don't live in a life where I have regrets you know what I mean and oh yeah that's what well I've said. done. Thank you. It takes a lot. Like I'm, I feel like I'm slightly losing my breath just thinking about it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I did. I and I think it's really important when I kind of talk to, um, you know, like on seminars, like the business chicks and things like that. I think it's really important to kind of, if you aren't going to get funding, that you do save your money and work out where you want to put your money. You know what I mean? And don't overextend. So you're going to be homeless. Like you've got to be realistic. And it's really funny because like when I first started, I was like, I want this and I want this. And you know, I'm going to have like streamers pop out of boxes when you open it. Mm. But like, you really need to like pull it back. And something that I really stand by is the product is the best possible version. You know what I mean? Like, and that's where I've invested everything that I can is to get that product be the best possible product you can have with my name on it. And, and all the other stuff doesn't matter, you know? And it smells like roses. And it smells like roses, which is a big part of the recipe, but yeah, yeah. And with the recipe and the, I guess the product development side of things, how long was like, okay, I've got this idea. I heard an interview where you were like, what are the three kind of things that I love? And it was all I'm known for the big yeah. blonde hair, yeah. the denim, denim shorts, shorts and the tan. And so yeah. you're like, all right, tan it is. I'm going to focus you know on what this. what was funny about the tan? This is what, and now in hindsight, it's a wonderful thing. I think I knew too much about fashion at that point. Like I, yeah. I knew how it worked. Where beauty, I had no idea. So I was like naive and I was like, I can do this. I was like, I totally, you know, and I think that added a little bit to me taking that leap of faith. And when I speak to girls and guys now about, you know, starting an Instagram or starting a business, don't compare yourself to anybody else. Where Mm. I think when I was making that decision, when it came to fashion, I was comparing myself to everything I'd worked, these amazing brands I'd worked with. But with beauty, I'd never dabbled in it. So I just had kind of loved it and was like, I love it. I want to make my own. So I think you really, you kind of, that being a little naive really added to the hungerness of wanting to do it. Where with the fashion, I kind of knew too much. So the beauty, I was like, yes. But um, the funny thing was, is going back, you know, four and a half, five years, nobody would take me seriously in Australia. When I was approaching these chemists in these labs, I was like, hey, I, I want to start development of a product. This is what I want it to be like. And they were like, the first we can get you in is 18 months from now. And I was oh, wow. like, you know, I was like, I need to start this now. Like I can feel this shift happening with the influencer to the brand owner. And I want to be like, that's where I see myself going. Mm-hmm. I want to, you know, I, I want to do this. And 
it wasn't until I had met a lady that was another female founder in America and she said, oh, I think I know a chemist in California. They might talk to you. And I was like, can, I, can, you, inter- like, mm. can you introduce me? And she was like, of course. She introduced me and they said, right now they said if you can pay the sample if you can pay the sample in the lab fee and I was like yes and they were like let's start and it's so funny and I guess going back to that whole LA thing in Mm. America where they kind of just are like you want to do this go for it like now those chemists are like banging on my door saying like what can we want to work with you so it's and I really wanted to be Australian owned and Australian made with my first product but I just I couldn't make it happen so that's why we're made out of California with the tan but you know on top of creating a product that I had never even had any idea how it, it worked then having to do that with a with a, an American company that their terminology, even though they speak English, the terminology is completely different. Yeah, you're like yeah, and it's like it, it, it's it was a real learning curve to like work through the barriers there. But we um we we got we we got a good product in the end, and so we're still for that one tan. We're still manufactured out of um, California, but mm-hmm. the wash is now made out of Melbourne, which is amazing. Ah, awesome. I actually love that part of your company is, is, or branch, I say, is being manufactured in America because even though you are the iconic, you know, North Bondi kind of girl, that real, you know, but you're also a Cali girl. Like you can feel that. Yeah, it's a vibe. And I just, there's a real vibe there. I love it. And the girl, I just, it's just a feel good. And I'm I'm glad you say that because I really try to kind of encapsulate that in what I do. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it's, I do too. I think it's also quite amazing sometimes to branch out from what we know, you know, and, and, and I learn a lot of things, you know, <laughs> I learn a lot of things, but it, 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 it's been a journey and it's been an amazing one. And I, th- I think with anything you just, you grow and it's all about growing, you know what I mean? And I think sometimes when you fail in the, like, you know, I, I don't know if you know this, but the first 20,000 bottles that I had printed and, delivered to my house in, in North Bondi because I hadn't secured a warehouse yet. So I was like, it's fine. Yeah. I'm at my house. It's so fine. And I was like, you know, I'd forgot the fact that I didn't have a pallet jack. I, Joel and I were on the second story of an apartment building, but we were like, it's fine. You know, like you, like it's fine. And yeah. then we literally carried 20,000 bottles of self-tanner up and covered our whole house in them to open the box and realize that there was the wrong cruelty-free emblem emblem on the back no. of the bottle. And I'll never forget standing there. And literally we carried them all up, opened the box, pulled out the bottle and like felt physically ill by the fact that, yeah, the wrong sticker was on there. And then I just remember like standing there and I had the moment where I was like, you know. Like, yeah. yeah. And then, but then you kick into that other gear and we were like, okay, what can we do? And so we had to single-handedly get a tiny little white sticker and sticker that sticker over oh, wow. the emblem on the back. Yeah. And I mean, the amount of people that bought those first bottles of self-tan, thank you, but then peeled off that sticker to say, why is there a sticker over that? You know, like you're failing in front of everybody, but but it's part of the journey, you know? So Yeah. And I love that you share that because I think it, you learn so much from that growth and yeah, I've got a coffee company and we get it all sent to us and it's just like <laughs> the whole way becomes boxes and oh, you're yeah. like, man, we need to outsource this pretty soon. But there's something beautiful about being so hands-on in that yeah. early days and I'm just so wrapped that you've spoken about America because I also have a love, a, a massive love for America yeah. and there is this sense of Americans are evangelists. So they're like, yeah, you've got an idea, you've yeah. got a dream, we can do Go it now. It. Yeah, yeah whereas, Australia's a bit like, you got an idea? Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't know. And, and it's it's amazing that Australia is like completely jumped back on board with you, but that's also common. Like, it, it, you know, if you you go to America, you have your Kardashian, you know, like I feel yeah. I'm so happy that it's been such a positive part of your journey because, you. yeah, I love America just like you do. In fact, I'm missing it a whole lot now. Oh, we're don't in even. Yeah. I, can I tell you, we went in... We went in February and had the most amazing trip with Tresemme through New York Fashion Week and it was one of the best trips I've ever had in my life and everybody that was on that trip 
we all had it. Like, and I can't thank Tresemme enough for giving me that experience. Yeah. But I miss America so much because it like fuels your tank. I feel like it, it, it gives me, it just gives me like, it just gives you like passion and it gives me excitement. And, you know, even if it's just going there and and not going to the Kardashian house, if it's just walking down the street and looking at people and eating food and doing things, it really, um, it, it, it fills you up. It really does. There's like an air of inspiration. I feel like you and I will both be on that same first flight. (laughs) (laughs) Full suit. In a full suit. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. No, oh, dude, there is. Uh, and one more thing I have to say, I watched your yeah. Tresemme ad oh, yeah. this morning. <laughs> you little hottie with that beautiful hair. And <laughs> it was good. Do you know what's funny about that? We, like, filmed that in, like, minus 11 degrees in the middle of the snow. There was, like, a blizzard and they were, like, look warm. I mean, I love my Tresemme family. They know I love them, so they don't mind me saying this. <laughs> But they, I just will never forget the the one like producer going, "Your hands look so cold. Release your hands." And I was like, "But they're so, like they're frozen." <laughs> but it was it was so fun. Like I mean, like I say, like we filmed that on like the top of a building in the middle of New York, and it's oh. like like experiences like that. Just I just think I'm I've been really. I mean, I've worked really hard, but I've been really blessed with so many opportunities, and I feel really really thankful for them. And I can tell you, my friend, you've got a truckload more opportunities coming. This is uh, going to be such an awesome journey to keep watching. Thank you. It has been an honour and a half to have you on this podcast. It's so nice to talk to you. I, I feel like I, this has been a much a very overdue catch up from that. Lunch I also we had. am like I'm laughing inside of you on that Style Squad episode. <laughs> like I've got like this. I literally can see it because we didn't film for the people that are listening. We didn't film on the same day. But no, Ola was supposed to be like my best friend. And yeah. I was like. I and still it, remember your intro because um, our mutual <laughs> friend Pip produced it and directed yes, it yes. and Pippi has been on this podcast too and she, and I texted her yesterday I said, you'll never guess who's <laughs> going to be on the pod and I'd watched episode five which was yeah, the so one we, with Ben. Yes. And, and I was team beard that whole yes. episode. Yeah. yeah, but you were like, oh, I've got this mate Lola, she's going <laughs> to come in, cuts to me. We haven't met at this stage. Sure. But you were great. You are amazing. You are my friend that made the really cool bliss balls. Yeah. You were great. <laughs> uh, I just hope we get to cross paths many times I in the know. future. We so. will. Do you know what? I think we are all going to come out of this so much more appreciative for these relationships and yeah. the people we have in our lives. And also I just have to say for the people that have supported us through this time, and I think I'm really thankful for you having me on your show and I hope I can support you because I just think but like the, the more we come together and the more we lift each other up, like the better we are for it. And we're an unstoppable force. Like yeah, watch out world. We're coming wow. with the coffee. We're coming with the self-tanner. Yeah. We're coming with the bliss balls. <laughs> we are coming towards you. <laughs> Al Ferguson, you have been an absolute dream and so I feel like you're my little cup of American inspiration today. Yay. So <laughs> thank you, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, big love, you beautiful thing. That's a wrap on another episode of Fearlessly Failing. As always, thank you to our guests. And let's continue the conversation on Instagram. I'm at Yummo Lollaberry. This potty, my word for podcast, is available on all streaming platforms. I'd love it if you could subscribe, rate and comment. And of course, spread the love.